Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz pianist and composer Roger Kellaway. We caught up with this Grammy Award winner and Academy Award nominated performer during early May 2020 during the heat of the coronavirus lockdown to talk about his latest 2019 CD, the many open minds of Roger Kellaway and his long, fruitful career in music. He has recorded more than 250 albums and worked with everyone from Ellington to Elvis, Joni Mitchell to Barbara Streisand, Quincy Jones to Yo-Yo Ma. Man, he's got great tales to tell. Enjoy. Well, hey, thank you for taking a minute out to talk with Neon Jazz today. I appreciate it. Sure. What have you been doing creatively to kind of keep yourself occupied during the quarantine? Well, actually, I'm... I'm working on an interesting project with a singer. It's just uh it's just going to be voice and piano. Uh we had planned to do it here in Ojai. Unfortunately, he lives in Tasmania, which is 9,000 miles away. Yeah. So what we're going to do is um, I'm I have a disc clavier attached to my piano, so I'm recording my stuff. The master is on the disc clavier. Uh, there's an engineer in Ohio that will uh, play back the disc clavier masters, and at the same time record the piano on uh, Pro Tools, and then um, send the Tasmania MIDI files. And then the vocals will be put on there. So that's a long story, but that's actually what I've been working on. I've been doing 10, 10 charts, and uh, I've got about four, I still got six master recordings to do. Yeah, that's great. I mean, he would, uh, the singer would, he's an old, old friend that I know, I've known since the 60s. Uh, his name is Jeff Hutner, and uh, he would have flown here because he usually does two or three times a year, uh, but his flight was canceled. It's quite a time for, you know, the one thing I'm always curious about is how well jazz is doing, and I don't have to ask anymore because I'm just astonished at how many gigs and how many things have been canceled in light of what's going on. How many How many things, actually, let me, let me ask you, when did you realize you know, like in mid-March that things were starting and kind of what's happened in your world since then? I had um, three major gigs this week. And uh, one was to be a, uh, a Jack Kleinsinger uh, highlights and jazz tribute to me, which was to be last night on the uh, 7th. And then tonight and tomorrow night, I would be playing Mesros all in New York City. So wow. these gigs got canceled uh, about two and a half months ago. I mean, two and a half months ago, um, it was my, I was putting the concert together and I wanted Eddie Daniels. And I called Eddie, because he's been one of my duo partners for a long time. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't make the concert. The doctor won't let me fly to New York. And that, at that time, was because of the beginnings of the uh, of COVID-19. 
so I thought, well, if Eddie can't fly to New York, maybe I should take a serious look at uh, at the gigs in May. And uh, so my doctor agreed with Eddie's doctor, and uh, so the gigs got canceled. So we haven't been anywhere. I'm uh, my wife just got a brand new computer, and uh, we're thinking about. Uh, putting to, once I finish this uh, vocal project, uh, putting together some sort of internet concerts, maybe uh, YouTube stuff that we uh, that, that uh, I play on and uh, we produce and edit together, and then put on YouTube. So that's probably the future. Well, let's get back to the beginnings of your life. I know you started very early on the piano. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, where you were raised and how jazz became your life. Well, I was raised in Wabin, Massachusetts, which is part of Newton, uh, about 10 miles outside of Boston. I started playing classical piano when I was seven. And... Around age 12, well, at age 12, I knew that music was going to be my life. And uh, I had also discovered George Shearing's music. In fact, the tune was I Remember April. So from about 12 to 14, that became my my hot tune. Because it it came out in sheet music, so that's what I would play whenever I did a, a concert. I didn't actually get paid for anything until I was 15. I think I got uh, $5 for playing an hour. And that's when I turned pro. That's when I joined the union. And all through uh, junior high school and high school uh, were magnificent teachers. Uh, And the orchestra and the big band and everything were, were all very... Very extensive. Newton High School was number three in the country. And we had uh, not only Donald March doing the orchestra, and we were doing uh, all the Bach, uh, Brandenburg Concerti, uh, plus Haydn symphonies, Beethoven symphonies. Then we had the big band under Red Doran, who had uh, been with Tommy Dorsey, and uh, Danny Apolito, who had been with Declan Miller. And uh, I was playing double bass in uh, both the orchestra and the big band. So it was quite an extensive training. Plus, we had a, a two-year uh, a junior senior year. There was a theory teacher named Henry Lasker who was giving college-level courses in uh, theory and theory in junior and senior year. So. It was pretty easy to uh, let your imagination get rolling. But meanwhile, I was playing gigs, uh, mostly on bass, uh, through those years. And uh, then in uh, 1959, when I first went on the road, I uh, returned to playing piano. So that's a capsule. Is the stage always been a natural place for you? Have you ever been nervous, or is it like a second home? Stage is like a second home to me. It's uh, it's one of the most comfortable places I ever 
that I that I ever visit. You know, you've been fortunate to be around a lot of legends and luminaries over the years. What have you learned from them? What's been kind of the overriding thing, um, the, the principles that they've kind of instilled in you as a musician? One of the things is uh, how difficult a ballad is. And that also kind of goes along with learning to play simpler lines uh, as you get older. You begin to realize um, how much harder it was to, or how much harder it is to play simpler lines than to, uh, you know, just play double time and a lot of chops and all that. It it mean that kind of thing, the double time thing, kind of means less. And as you get older, you get to uh, reminisce about the things that you've learned from, for me, say, uh, Clark Terry and Bob Brookmeyer, Ben Webster, Sonny Rollins, Jerry Mulligan. You know, I've had a blessed career. Plus all the Dixieland people that I, I played Dixieland for a while. On piano, actually, with Eddie Condon in New York. And those guys are amazing musicians. It, it's very clear that you've had a very long career. Longevity has been kind of the key to what you've done. How have you, how have you, how have you stayed fresh and consistent throughout all these years? By will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my will is to is to stay stay fresh. I, I have periods where I'm not, uh, I may not be uh, enjoying what I'm doing, uh, how I'm playing. Uh, maybe it sounds uh, like I'm playing the same stuff I've been playing for years and it's time to, you know, look into moving in another direction or uh, I don't know, just goosing the whole idea so that the imagination gets a little fresher. Um, I have I have records that I that I play when I uh, when I'm putting my uh, chops together for a concert. Uh, one of them is uh, I want to be happy, which is a 1958 recording with the Oscar Peterson Trio and Stan Getz. And when I can play. That tempo for the whole seven minutes of that track, then I'm starting to get my juices rolling. And there are other things. There are like 20th century classical pieces also that I listen to that uh, just kind of spark my imagination and uh, lead me into uh, having the imagination be alive. What do you like best about being a musician? Well, I love improvising, but it's difficult for me to say that I would that I love uh, playing more than I love writing. When I'm writing, I don't miss playing, and when I'm playing, I don't miss writing. So I, it, 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 see, the idea of expressing, being able to express my life musically. Uh, is thrilling. 
I want to get back to the beginnings of this love of music that you have. What was the first live jazz show you saw that made you think, this is something I'd like to do? Well, it, it wasn't a show. Um, but it it all happened for me through that sheet music of uh, of George Shearing. I started listening to Shearing, and then I started listening to uh, records of uh, Dr. Billy Taylor. He wasn't doctor then, but Billy Taylor Trio, and then Oscar Peterson. And along the way, I was also listening to Fats Waller. I was starting to mix the different styles together in my head. Plus, I had a uh, uh, what was then a Victrola set to a timer to wake me up for school. And I'd wake up to uh, the Bach Brandenburg Concerti or maybe Woody Herman or maybe Igor Stravinsky or, you know, just uh, a diff- different aspects of jazz and 20th century classical music. So I've been mixing those kinds of sounds in my head all my life. So it was that combination of things that happened to me, not a concert. I can't even remember the first jazz concert I went to. Well, maybe it was uh, when I was in uh, the New England Conservatory uh, in Boston. Uh, We used to go to the stables all the time to hear the Herb Pomeroy Big Band. And I did, with my roommates, go one night to the uh, Sons of Italy Hall in Milford, Mass., to hear Boots Mazzulli and Serge Shaloff play together. That's the only time I heard Serge, and that was just amazing. I always loved him. He was my favorite baritone player. You know, if you have a dream tonight and you run into your younger self and you can give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? That's a, I, that's a hard question. I th- the first thing that comes to mind is slow down, because when you're youthful, you're uh, you know you're going at sixty miles an hour, and uh, and it, after many many years, uh, it, you start to slow down. You start to think differently. You start to open up to bigger spaces, and uh, but that's part of the life cycle. So slow down yeah. and take your time. Listen. So why do you love jazz? First of all, it gives me an opportunity to improvise. And I'm I'm very fond of swing and I'm I'm very fond of playing in I don't get to do it much, but play in odd times, which is something I picked up from the Don Ellis band. I actually do have a trio where all all three of us can play in 7-4, which is interesting to me. I don't get to do it often. But uh, it gives me an an opportunity to improvise, and it gives me, or at least it did, give me an opportunity to hang out with like-minded people who love to improvise, too, because the, the camaraderie, and uh, the interplay that happens when you're playing with someone else is a lot of fun. 
and it's different with every partner like in duos it's different with every partner you have so if you keep your ears out to absorbing what your partner is doing there's kind of a what i feel like is a lesson for you in how to uh, play with uh, or accompany the person you're playing with it's the same with a quartet but it's a little more intimate with duos very exciting stuff and it's very stimulating yeah. also so we're going to get to the end of this COVID-19 and we'll get back to live music and I want to know from you what realizations do you hope both musician and the audience gets from this time away from the music the time away from the music um, gives one uh, an opportunity to reflect on your life as a human being and uh, reflect on your life spiritually yeah. and that time you will bring that um, it'll be a new kind of place and you'll bring that to your music it, yeah. it's going to be a while but I was going to do a concert here in uh, August 15th and they were holding on to the concert until about three days ago they had a board meeting and canceled it made it okay. next year yeah now, that was going to be a very interesting concert because it was for a series called Piano Spheres. And the series Piano Spheres is devoted to 20th century or 21st century avant-garde piano music. And they just did one jazz concert last year, so they decided to do three this year. So I was really looking forward to that because that means that the audience that I would have at that concert would be theoretically half jazz and half 20, 21st century avant-garde classical people. Well, that's a perfect audience for me. Yeah. Well, because I have moments where I, uh, where I, uh, I go outside the box and um, I never know if there's you know anybody out there that's uh, that that appreciates that nobody ever seems to uh, nobody seems to write about it it's kind of interesting so I got one more question for you and I want to know this everyone has their perception of who they think you are your family your friends your fans but you're you're the one living your life who do you think you are I'm basically a happy loving person who has had a most blessed career and I'm extremely thankful for that I'm grateful for all of the musicians that I've met and the relationships I've had and the people that I've gotten to play with I did makes for a pretty extraordinary time yeah I, I mean I it, it, it doesn't I, I'm not a person that um, that that sits around and and listens to uh, my old stuff and said, oh shit, I wish I'd done da 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 instead of that. I don't do that. I I play the best I can for any moment that I'm in. I strive to do that, 
and make the most music possible. And my feeling about hearing it back generally is that I'm happy with myself. Wonderful. That's a great answer. That's a really great answer. Roger, thank you for taking some time out for Neon Jazz today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Los Angeles, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Roger for his time, class, and stories. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com, and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Jazz.